and welcome to the episode of More Than Dice. I'm Gonzo. I'm John. I'm Kathy. And we are on episode... I don't know. I have gone through the warp gate. You've gone through the warp gate? I'm going to turn off my air. Better than the void gate still. Better than the void gate? <laughs> um, John, do you remember what episode we were on? This not my job. Oh, so you're, you're going to push everything off to Kathy right now. Kathy, he's forcing you to do your job. Um, yeah, sorry. It's uh, 113. <laughs> <laughs> Episode 113. 113, like Friday the 13th. Which is next week, which is my boss's, boss's is, birthday. Yeah, so happy Friday. birthday, John. Happy birthday, John's boss, John. You, you can call him Big John. I'm Little John. Aww. No, no, not even a little. I'm not even sure where you... I mean, I know where you got that from. I'm not sure why you got that. You've been drinking all day? That... Gonzo, they can't hear you. Gonzo, they cannot hear you. You're muted. Oh, sorry, hit that, bu that button I told you about, Kathy. Sorry, <laughs> yes, I, I, uh, I definitely am a little tired today, and I have been drinking a little bit because I had to do a lot of yard work, and I actually got burnt a little bit. Oh, man. So, yeah. I'm a little no. envious. Yeah, Kathy and I were talking about this before uh, we started streaming today because uh, she had a problem on her Twitch and wasn't plugged in. And, of course, my headset has this nifty little thing here, and I promptly hit it, probably we were trying to get and do things. I can't stop from hitting it. That's a good so one. We're on can't episode stop 113 for the people that can't hear us. Hopefully it recorded um, on there, but if not, oh well. Uh, today, I'm going to be working on some new Warcaster models, painting them up, and the Warp Void Gate uh, that um, an individual put on. Um, uh, that sound you hear is Warp Gate. For everybody to download and print their own if you have a 3D printer. So actually a Void Gate, that. not the Warp Gate. It's, it's worse, you know. So other than that, um, <laughs> let's go and give our sponsor and get, get through this. Uh, and thank everybody that uh, helps make this podcast work. We want to thank Tectonic Crest Studios. Dan, I'll see you in a couple of weeks, buddy. Um, guys, if you want to have some really cool MDF stuff and everything done, he's the person to talk to. Uh, he also does a lot of cool terrain for 40K, uh, Marvel, you name it. Um, we want to thank uh, Muse on Minis for hosting the podcast and providing us. Also, if uh, you have anything on Muse on Minis that you want to purchase, they have a lot of cool products. Use the code more than dice, all one word, and you will get 10% off your order, and that helps us out a lot. Uh, we want to thank uh, Metalhead Minis uh, for hosting some of our product and selling some of our stuff. Uh, Lynn is amazing. Uh, she's a great human being. If you don't know her, go see her. And we also want to thank Creature Caster for sponsoring the podcast. And uh, Kathy is now painting one of their models up on her stream, correct? The twins? Yes, I am. Or as I like to call them, the Scissorine of Desire. Because that's so much more poetic. It is. And it's such a kick-ass model. Yeah. So uh, you'll be working on them. I uh, can't wait to see them in a couple of weeks, too, because I'm sure they're going to get some of my money. Um, and then I think that's it. Do we cover everybody? 
I hope so. Uh, you got everyone. I got everyone. Sweet. It's awesome. Awesome sauce. Um, John, what are you drinking tonight? Uh, well, I uh, took a glass of Manion's vodka and made myself a screwdriver. Just a little one. Just a little one. All right. Banyan didn't need that vodka anyway. Probably not. No, but if he did, I'll replace it. Yeah. Kathy, what are you drinking? I'm drinking a gin and tonic. <laughs> I think we're going to uh, name that Old Faithful. Old uh, Faithful? Yeah. There's I don't know. I mean, Old Faithful, and I'm not sure I'd want to drink it. <laughs> Old Faithful is a geyser full of hot, toxic minerals. Well, I think that's like, that, but that's your thing, is one of those. Hot, toxic minerals? No, Old Faithful. Oh, there is a drink <laughs> called Old Faithful. I'm not sure I want to drink it since it involves uh, powdered sugar, bourbon, St. Germain, pink jade, grapefruit juice, grapefruit bitters, mint leaves, grapefruit peels, and sparkling water. Yep, sounds like ass. Yeah, that doesn't sound good at all. Nope, doesn't sound good. That's the look of horror on my face. <laughs> yeah, that yeah, doesn't uh, sound good. For, for those people uh, watching, that was right. a look of horror. It may be good, and if you've had one and it's good, by all means let us know, but I don't think we're going to be trying that one. No, I don't think so. You? I wouldn't pay for one. How about that? Exactly. I don't turn down free alcohol. I, I mean, maybe after the first time. That <laughs> maple bacon vodka was fuck awful and not even for free. Not even for free. <laughs> not even for free? No. No. There's actually money involved the other way. Like, John, I'll pay you 20 bucks to take a shot. Well, 20 bucks for a shot's a pretty good price, so maybe. <laughs> Benyon says he'll stick to an old-fashioned. That's, That's probably good. for the best. Uh, uh, my drink of choice tonight is uh, a McCullen 12, which is a scotch. Is I would there? like some, please. I'll fax it right over for you. <laughs> fax, who the fuck faxes things anymore? I don't even have a landline. Yeah, I mean, come on, man. Sorry. Actually, I have a fax machine. My printer's also a fax machine because... You know what? Just, just ship it to me, uh, UPS. Just, just ship it bottle. to UPS? Just, uh, just ship me the bottle. <laughs> how about I just bring you the bottle at Adepticon? Oh, okay. I didn't say yeah, there'd be liquor what? in it, but I'll give you the bottle at least. I was oh. about to say that. There's not going to be any liquor in it. <laughs> Uh, John, do we have anybody that we need to give a good shout out to and tribute today? Um, yes. One second. As a, the first man to wear the uh, Godzilla suit. Oh, wow. Uh, I don't know his name off the top of my head because no. because, I mean, that's a heck of a thing. Uh, Haruo Nakajima uh, passed away this week. Okay. He was 88. And he was the, the the first man to wear the Godzilla suit back way, way back when in the 50s. Oh, man. It doesn't feel like it's been that long, honestly. Yep. It, he did it uh, from the original Godzilla film up until 1973, Godzilla vs. Megalon. That's a heck of a, uh, heck of a run, too. Yeah, it is. So that's the only one I recall. I know there are some others, but just different things. All right. Um, to all of our people watching, to all the people that listen, everything, we appreciate you no matter where and how you support us. 
Uh, don't forget, Kathy and I will both be at Adepticon this year. If you find me at Adepticon while supplies last, uh, and you show me that you're following the page on Facebook, I will give you a special 3D printed mini while supplies last. How many we have? You don't know. So, other than that, cheers, guys. Cheers. Cheers. Yes, yeah, we did. Yeah, I'm going to go and switch over to the painting cam because I know people are wanting to see this stuff. So, God. Hey, three says, I was hoping you were going to say free beer. <laughs> no. I mean, Decepticon, you might see some of that as well. Oh, there'll, there'll be some alcohol, but I'm not buying it. I don't generally buy beer anyways, but there's a different reason for that. Yeah. Yes. Let that dry. So I started working on my marchers. Or the not. dog is cute. My What's eye? the dog from? Cowboy Bebop. It's the uh, Chibi, or American Chibi, a.k.a. Pop um, uh, figures. And show us the void gate. This was printed up by someone that was that's on the Warcaster Facebook page. can't remember, Kevin something or other. I didn't even know he did it. Uh, but a That's friend of mine, really cool. But my friend Felix printed one out, and I was like, ooh, I didn't know that someone made an even cooler one, because I went looking for it. And so I started working on it just a second ago. Um, doing a little bit of stuff on this. I'm going to have to go back and touch up. But I, right now, I'm just doing an armor wash over this. and then That I'm really gonna... looks like it would be fun to paint. Well. Yeah, it is pretty cool. I, I can see in my head, like, how I want to paint something like that yeah. <laughs> and so I was going to while I'm waiting for my Warcaster model to dry I'm going to uh, do some touch up on some of the electrical void whatever you want to call it warping parts lightning yeah lightning thing, the warp lightning thing because yeah. you know we're taking this GW crossover thing to the limit no, don't cross the streams. Don't cross the streams. <laughs> I'm crossing the void stream with warp lightning. It's, it's messy. <laughs> so I was going to get let that dry. And then after that dries, because I got two of them, because you can only have a maximum of two in the game. So, Kathy, you may get a little special surprise if you want a couple, because they don't take long to print. Oh, sweet. You just have to ask me nicely. Not twist my arm. You mean like right now ask you? No. I'm going to make you do it in person. Okay. <laughs> like, I don't care. Um, but I'm going to be working on my Weaver. That's an interesting model. This is the this is the model that is going to be at Adepticon. Uh, the special edition one they have at Adepticon. It's the same model, but I think the only change is it's a different head. I think. Don't 100% quote me on that. Uh, the head that you get is this punk, um, half-shaved, long-haired, kind of looks like a female character. Um, and I believe it is a female model. Uh, don't quote me on that. But... Um, it doesn't even matter. It, it, it's, it, the hair is really, <laughs> really cool. So I was like, ooh, I know exactly what color I'm going to color the hair. The half mohawk or mohawk or whatever you want to call it is. And uh, 
when I get around to it, she's going to have purple hair. Um, but I'm doing a uh, using the contrast Nasdrag yellow. Um, I just thought it was a cool looking color and I think it would fit because they're the way they have them painted up uh, on their Kickstarter is kind of like a deserty theme. Um, and I was like, eh, okay, that sounds okay. So I figured I would do them up in like a, a desert kind of yellowish color. Because I'm dropping models. So I'm just getting. It's funny because the way the color is now, it, it looks like a great setup for doing non metallic gold. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. It's got a kind of orangish tint to it. And an orangish and an orangish red tint where it's like, you know, pulled. But I just thought it would kind of look kind of cool and mm -hmm. get that going. Um, I don't. I, I kind of want to do a mix of using the contrast paints with normal paints, and doing like the major amounts of paint and a contrast to start off, and then building from there. Because I mean, all right, this right here looks pretty sweet the way it is. You know, it's, it's and that only took me you know a few minutes to do, and it's a good start. I repeat, a good start. Now I'm going to take and do the same thing with the Jack, uh, which I really... Uh, I, can we talk about the models, about how they're put together? Anybody care? Anybody want to know? Yeah, you do. Okay, sure. thanks. <laughs> I was going to say yes, but, you know... Okay, so this is... <laughs> this model came in three pieces. Um, the arm, elbow with a knife was one piece. Um, is that a Bremen? It, it kind of, you know what's funny is in, when I first saw these guys uh, in the pictures, it reminded me of the Dune Fremens because they wear capes and cloaks and they're, you know, they got like a desert theme. Um, desert planet Arrakis. Yeah. Um, and then the other piece was this whole arm and gun and this backpack. And so it kind of fit in that and it had a thing. They're all made of metal. Um, I didn't pin anything because they had some pretty good spots to put everything in there's some good contact points uh, i did score up the metal a bit and you know hash mark it quite a bit that helps yeah. yeah to make sure so i didn't have to pin it um but yeah they're solid heavy metal um and that was all on this one the weaver was uh the head the backpack and this arm right here uh, attached to the, I don't know what this is called yet. It's a, a vacuum cleaner. A vacuum cleaner. Um, <laughs> it's where the spells come out of. Uh, and then this, got this tubing, and the tubing connects to the backpack back here. Um, and that was it on this one. Uh, the jack is a whole different story. Uh, the legs are each a piece. The torso is one solid piece. The head is a different piece. The arm on each side are a different piece. Uh, the gun, which you have two different options to put on the shoulder up here, are a different piece. And then um, this section, I don't know what this is called yet, but there's this little part right here. And that's a separate piece. Um, the gun's that's on the bottom. Whatchamacallit. It's a whatchamacallit. What's that, John? It's a whatchamacallit. Oh, okay. Um, but the uh, weapons are all different pieces. I actually have two pieces remaining. Uh, I built this just the standard type, I guess you want to consider build, and put a blaster here, a melee weapon, and a big old rail gun up top. Uh, the details on this stuff is really good. 
Um, being that it's metal, PP's metals have always been really good. Um, so, I mean, there was no complaint about how all this looked. Um, got good detail, good, you know, marks through the thing. Um, you name it, I didn't have any single problem with the detail on this. Uh, I primed them white because I was going to use contrast paints on part of it. The majority colors. Um, posability, there's not much posability. The legs socket, and they're kind of oval shaped, but they have a little give, so you can kind of rotate them a little bit. Doesn't mean you can't, I'm just saying, you know, there's not much to it. Or you can rotate it and then shove some green stuff in like yeah. I used to do with the old school uh, GW Terminators. Yeah, you would have to... To make them look less stiff. Yeah. Um, but it looks good like it is. And then um, the arms have a little bit of pose. You can rotate them around, you know, type thing. Uh, the head, little there head makes the little head makes me think of a turtle. Well, they come with two heads because the head, uh, per the rules, the head determines what type of things that have on them. Um, the head, whenever you build your warjack, you have so many points to build them with, and five points. And like the real gun is three, and then each of the side pieces are a point. Um, so he's at the maximum loadout, but the head you put on it determines some of its special abilities. Um, and so you, I, I don't know which head is which, and I didn't care because I'm not going to be playing this, this faction. I'm actually, after I get done painting them up, I'm going to give them all away. Um, and give them to some of our listeners, um, uh, type thing. I'm not going to base them. So, you know, if someone wanted to base them, they can base them in their own. And being that these are the marchers. The Marcher's World, uh, they're kind of a ragtag in a way, so they don't have to have... You probably wouldn't feel out of place having this um, in a different Lead color Lead of Three wants to know if they'd be easy to magnetize. Um, I'm okay. Here's the thing I'm going to say about time. One, they're made of metal. So you're going to have to drill, and it's a pain in the butt to drill through metal. Is it possible? Yeah. Get a motorized drill, like a Dremel, and you can do it. But yes, um, the connecting points are definitely for, like, the weapons... Um, cause that's, and the head is what you're going to want to magnetize, uh, if you want to do it, because, uh, let's see if I can show you right here is the connecting point, this little slanted piece, right? Let me get my brush. This part right here is the slanted and where it's connecting and where it's glued. So you could put a magnet here and here. Um, so it wouldn't be too hard. You just have to drill through metal. Um... Also here, I'm going to try, it's going to be kind of hard to show, but on the uh, shoulder mounted weapon, there is a flat piece here and a flat piece on the bottom and the other piece has the same thing. Um, also on this one, there will be a, there's a flat piece here and you know, on these twos that you, on these twos, sound like a land, on, on these two pieces that you can magnetize. Magnetizing is not going to be a problem. It's do you have a good drill? Because they're made of metal. Um, the And the jacks are going to be about the... I think this is the only thing that you magnetize in the game. Or want to magnetize. Um, I don't know if you're going to want to do or change much of anything. I don't know if uh, magnetizing is going to be worth it just yet. I don't know the cost of the individual models. So, I don't know. So, I'm trying to keep it in camera if I don't. But, I mean, they are easily magnetized, especially if you have a drill. 
Um, all right, so I'm gonna let that good. Let those uh, let that marcher world dry and that gate dry a little bit before I work on it. So I'm gonna slather this one down with uh, Nasdrag yellow. It's kind of a burnt yellow, I guess you want to say type thing. Um, and just hit it all over. Uh, then after burnt that, umber. burnt raw umber. umber, raw umber. Yeah. Um, type thing, but uh, I'm going to slather this model with it because that's how you do the contrast paints because you know that's just how it is, right? One thick coat. One thick coat. Does no, it look like <laughs> does it look like kind of a sepia color to you? What's sepia? On, on camera it looks sort of like a sepia you know like a sepia tone photo uh, where it's got the brownest sort of tint. Like if I didn't know better, I'd say you had seraphim sepia there open. Yeah, uh, it, so, or, yeah. I don't know what that color looks like, so I have no clue, Kathy. But it is a orangish yellow brown. Wait, I, I want to address the fact that Gonzo doesn't know what sepia is. It's a. It's like the old photos. You remember the old photos that are like brown and white instead of black and white. Um. Yeah, I guess. That's what sepia tone is. <laughs> Um, Spitfire wants to know, I doubt it, but do you guys have any tips on airbrush if you guys used it? Uh, I've used an airbrush. I've done some airbrushing. What do you, what's, uh, tips? Practice, practice, practice. Get a piece of cardboard or a piece of paper and learn how to mix your, uh, paints and thin them down just right for your airbrush and just play around with like get a piece of cardboard and learn to, you know, get a feel how your brush is and get a feel how the button is, the flow. Um, what type of brush, to, airbrush do you have? Or are you, are you thinking about which one? That's what I did, by the way. I didn't take any classes. I still suck, but, you know. I don't know that you got yours out. Mine's still in the box. We have the close-up of your knuckles right now. Oh, sorry. I mean, Let me do it like this. The bright side you know, which... is you're insane because there's no hair on the knuckles. <laughs> sign of insanity. I'm trying to figure out the best position to paint in. Oh, that's my that's my struggle with the suzerain of desire. What I'm doing <laughs> isn't a small model like yours, but mine's a gunpla. Um, you know what? Uh, I haven't done a gunpla, but um, I figure that an airbrush would be good for painting that because it's a lot of surface and it's a big model. I wish Ren was here right now in the chat because he'd be able to ask that question because he paints a ton of gunpla. I know uh, Nestor's of Nesty pa Nestor's Paints or Nestor Nose or Nessie Nose, I think is what it is. Nessie. Yeah, he does a lot of gunpla. I'm not sure if he uses an airbrush or not but i mean an airbrush would be okay to use on that because it is very big surface you wouldn't have to worry a whole lot about that there you go oh yeah permissions Permissions, permissions, permissions. Yeah, I like that color. I do too. I was really, 
I was looking for more of uh, a sandy color, and then I put this down and I wiped it across my palette a bit. I'm like, <gasps> no, this looks really cool. Actually, they probably go good, go well over their sandy colors too. Oh yeah, as a, a darker shade. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but man, I like to use them less as an actual paint and more as a sort of uber wash. Yeah. Uh, the uber wash. Uber uber. So. Um, you could possibly paint these before you put them together. I would put all the arms and shoulder stuff on there, and then I would paint probably the torso. I generally don't suggest that unless you do that with a lot of things, because otherwise, I mean, it just causes a lot of problems. You know, you want to have experience in painting them like that before you just go and start painting things in parts. There's a lot of things you have to do, because you don't want to be gluing paint to paint because while well, it'll hold for a bit, eventually it'll just break because... Oh, the paint peels off, yeah. Yeah, I have a buddy who would paint plastic models uh, on the sprue and then he would cut them off and, you know, trim them, trim the bits he needed to, then paint a little bit more and then takes his knife and his shaves off where the contact point is so that he can get it to contact. And it's yeah. funny you should say that because this suzerain of desire... Uh, otherwise known as the twins, is in like six pieces, right? I'm painting it in six different pieces. I have to. But that's a pretty big, detailed. It, it huge is, model. and so I used the uh, a masking, a liquid mask. Oh yeah. That I brushed on. I determined where all of the places were where it would be uh, glued together. And I covered those areas all up with this liquid mask, which can just be peeled off after everything's painted. I know I'm going to have to repaint some areas where the parts join together. Oh, yeah. That's just that's just something I, I just have to accept. I've accepted that. So, you know, it will be less frustrating when it actually happens because I already know that I'm going to have to do it. True. <laughs> Like even Modoc here, I could see painting him in two parts, the base and plume, and then his other part, putting it on a stick on a base on something and painting that mm -hmm. just so you can get to the underside a little easier. But I'm stubborn, so fuck it. I always used to paint Space Marines with the backpack separate. Oh, yeah, always. You know, and if they had the uh, if they had the bolter arm that crossed the chest, then that arm separate. was separate, too. I would do the bolter arms on, but I would leave the bolter out. I'd, I'd, I'd uh, fit them with a bolter in it, make sure it worked, and then let them dry, and then take the bolter out. And I'd use the same bolter again and again, and would have a sprue of bolters <laughs> and paint them on the sprue. That's a good idea. I haven't painted Space Marines in forever, but uh, I can keep that in mind. Me either. <laughs> I have a bunch to paint. Oh, oh. God, yes. But I'd have to play more 40k before that becomes an actual thing I would spend painting time on. Yep. Except for the odd, uh, the odd character model uh, that actually came up on Twitter, and I want to just talk about. It. Someone's like, "Should I like not buy Age of Sigmar because I'm not playing it, even though I want to paint some models?" I'm like, "No, buy the models you want to paint. Don't mind if you use them for a game." Yeah. yeah why not? Lord. If you if you're gonna have fun painting them, that's the. I mean, that's what you want them for. If if you get games in, that's just a bonus. Yeah, it's it's liberating. Sometimes you'll paint just the models you want. Like, I just want to paint this one model. I don't want to paint the whole army. Boom. You, you painted a model. You are complete. Job's a good one. High five. Go on to the next thing. 
It can't all be about painting army, 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 and you know I got to buy an army so I can paint this one model. I've done that. That that path leads to despair. <laughs> Mine an entire army just to paint one model. I mean, yeah, pretty much. Not one model per se, but like a handful of models, and then yeah. you get done with those models. You're like, what? I don't want to paint the rest of these fuckers. Oh yeah. So. We sometimes lose sight of the, uh, the, the you know, the, you can't see the trees for the for the whole forest, you know? You just look at the army like, oh, yeah. You forget that, actually, no, I want to paint a model, just this one tree, this one happy little tree, not the whole bunch of them. Fuck them. This just this one. Well, this one happy barbed venomous goose. Barbed venom goose, indeed. So, eight of three says, I paint more than play. Playing means I have to learn the rules. What? Uh, yeah, I mean, that's true. You can learn rules. But don't let that stop. Most games nowadays have reasonably simple rules, unless they're named Infinity. And Infinity's rules on the core are not bad, but there's a lot of, lot of, lot of depth there. I'm going to have to reposition, because this is not working. I think you might actually want the side view, rather than the, uh, than the over-the-shoulder. Well, let me get this, and then I'll put a miniature down, because I don't want this paint to get too oh, yeah, yeah. dry on it. Let so, me... Spitfire has posted a link to his Insta, so that we can see what he's doing with his his gunpla. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Show that off. I don't know how to... I'm just saying you could take a look at it and uh, give him the benefit of your wisdom. Give me one second. I have to... Did I just freeze up? Did you guys just... Hold on, let me refresh my thing. It might just be your thing. Check your thing. Check your thing. It's, it's my thing. It was my yeah, thing. Yeah, my, my thing's over in the miniatures case. I got them painted now, oh, so it's oh. a bigger case now. Yeah, I have to... These are the jokes. Do they keep so, on coming? So um, I have never... I have never used an airbrush. So I have no words of wisdom that I can give, uh, but both John and Gonzo have used airbrushes. That's a negative ghost rider. The pattern is full. Wait, John. you haven't? He still hasn't even opened his up yet. Yeah, I haven't even opened mine up yet. Oh, I mean, I know you had one. I remember you saying you got one. I just yep. thought you had used it for priming and stuff. Nope. I oh, my mistake, then. Where is it? <laughs> I use a giant brush. In fact, this giant brush. I have also used a giant brush for priming my, uh... My, mine is a op- aptly named GW base coat brush. This is my, this is my giant brush. Uh, this is a size 8, uh... Cheap-ass, green-handled craft brush that you can get at, you know, the hobby store. I, uh... I would, I would actually guess that mine was probably cheaper, but that's probably because I got it when I worked at GW, and it was probably free. Yeah. Ooh, look at that. That came off my palette. That's a good one, huh? Give me a second. I'm almost through. With this Crimson wants to know, is it a double-action airbrush? John, do you have a double-action? Oh, Spitfire just got it. Oh, there's... There's a learning curve, yeah. yeah there I are some fantastic YouTube u- tutorials. Yeah. yeah, if you got it this morning, uh, Spitfire, you're doing okay, because that looked like at least the paint was going on pretty solid there. 
And the Badger Airbrush Facebook group is a good place to learn more about airbrush, even if yours is not a Badger Airbrush. Yes. There's plenty of people willing to offer the benefit of their experience. And, you know, there's tutorials and stuff that people post links to there, too. Yeah, I would definitely... Um, what type of airbrush did he say he had? Did anybody get that? Uh, it was up a bit, I think. See if I can find it in the chat. What kind of airbrush, Spitfire, if you can repost that? Or just tell I me. had to refresh, so my, my chat is... Uh, from Neo Air, it looks like. That one. I use a, a Sotar 2020, which I really like uh, for doing actual work uh, and stuff. But uh, my Patriot 105 is my primary go-to, like for priming and you know other things of that nature for big projects. I like I don't need detail. I just need to get the paint on. My uh, Patriot does really well for that. We're getting your paint on. Get my paint on. Give me one so second. Yeah, I, I want to see this stuff, so I'm trying to hurry up on this. Sorry. Gonzo's words of wisdom about practicing on uh, cardboard is a very good idea because then you can then you can get used to the the pressure that you're applying with the trigger. You know how how hard you're pushing or how light you're pushing on the trigger, how far away from the surface you want to be or how close you can get. Because how, how far away or how close you are also affects uh, what, it, what it's going to look like on the model. Yeah, because definitely one of the things to learn and you got to figure out is your airbrush is different than everybody else's airbrush. you got to figure out the, regular, the, the airflow and making sure it's not too heavy but not too light. And then uh, thinning your paints down. Uh, definitely figuring out how to thin your paints down is the is one of the hardest parts because you don't want it so thin that you know it's going to come out too thin, but you don't want it too thick so it doesn't clog up your brush. So there's a lot of a lot of things. So I mean, playing around with it and just moving it around, and like I said, getting a piece of cardboard and going crazy with it is grade A, yes, 100% what you want to do. All right, let me look at his stuff. Um, yeah, also, that's something I had to learn a long time is whenever you hit the air and then you pull it back for the uh, paint, make sure that you... Uh, don't keep it back. Let it go and then let go of the air. That way it's um, not going to get a splatter. Or if you get used to that, make sure that you just um, spray it somewhere else. Let me look at it. Uh, okay. No, you've got it. It looks like you got a good even, even paint scheme. I can tell you know, you've got a little bit of splatter uh, off on your white area uh, where it looks kind of thick. But I mean, that may be something you're trying to do. I don't know. Uh, but everything else looks pretty smooth, especially down on the tip of the whatever that is. It looks like you were kind of going from like left to right, and splat, and then, and then it got a little bit of splatter on it. But it doesn't look bad. The splatter on the end, um, 
that's something you gotta you gotta be careful because it would, could be that you didn't have the right kind of airflow for that. Oh, he, it says he did that on purpose. Okay, <clears throat> that's fine. That that's but that's that's something else that you, if you're gonna look at is the splatter, uh, especially if you have too much air pressure and it's just forcing all of that air re out really really fast. Oh, sorry, my back is a little stiff right there. Gotta take it easy there, old man. Mm. Yoga. You ain't kidding. I like threw my back out on some stuff not too long ago. It was like really, really Was bad. it yard work? No. It was sitting in my couch playing uh, Elder Scrolls Online. I got up and went, oh, because I sat down too long and my fat ass kind of hurt my lower one. Um, definitely a flow improver. Flow improver is a good one. Uh, or thinner, whichever one you want to use. And also, um, I'll say, just use straight water. But figure out what it is. Don't just, you know, figure out your mixture that you like. Now, now I'll ask for Gonzo, because I think about this. Would you use distilled water or just standard tap water? I've used standard tap water because, yeah, I'm not special. Okay. Just asking, I actually have distilled water because I'm crazy like that. If you have it, go for it. Um, but I don't. It's the Beyblades. Okay, I will have to admit, I did kind of injure myself playing Beyblades with my kids. Uh, for everybody that's listening, um, my kids, I, I teach third and fourth grade uh, special ed, and my kids are very much into Beyblades. And so every Friday we have a Beyblade tournament cool no problem uh the kids that earn it get to play the beyblades with me uh and i actually bent down to put it in the arena and i stood up and went oh crap and so yeah i did hurt my lower back bending over and playing beyblades and that's the reason why we never do that in my classroom anymore it's always on the table and not on the floor but i'd like to say gonzo is now pointing out the play hurting himself playing what is a facial basically tops Spinning tops and playing video games on his couch. He's hurt his back. So yes. uh, <laughs> I am officially though. old. You are officially old. <laughs> but um, it, it, it's been pretty interesting with my kids in this. Uh, I actually, and I'm going to be posting it. I just got to get 100% approval from my boss. Um, my kids sing the Beyblade song uh, whenever we watch the show. And I don't have any of their. Um, faces in the video so i should be able to nobody's name is said but my kids singing along to the beyblade song oh that's funny so it's just kind of cool so actually i mean i guess it's a japanese company that makes it say you should let whoever uh distributes that in the u.s or whatever know too that's a good hasbro you should tweet that yeah i just gotta get i just gotta get 100 percent uh oh yeah okay for my boss yeah, because it's going approval since, but it doesn't say anybody's name or doesn't, you know, isn't going to do anything. But the, it's just a video of my foot as the kids are singing along to the Beyblade song. And, yeah. they, and they, they sing it at the top of their lungs, too. They don't give a damn. <laughs> and it is hilarious. Because I actually kind of got them because we were sitting there in class and everything and showing it. And I was like, man, y'all can't sing very well. I don't think y'all know the words of this song. You know, did the reverse psychology thing with them. And they were like, we know the song. We can do it. And I'm like, no, you don't. 
don't lie to me. I was like, y'all can't even sing loud either. Y'all are like singing like real, real quiet, like a mouse and everything. I was like, we'll show you. And then, of course, I recorded it right then and there. So, it's, my kids are so easy to manipulate. It's always what you like to hear from the teach. <laughs> <laughs> I know my kids and I know how to, I know how to work them. But it was, uh, it was interesting. But I, yes, I did kind of hurt myself playing Beyblades with my, my class because I was. Missy called it. Captain Missy called it. Yeah. Well, she told, I told her, she goes, what'd you do? And I said, I hurt myself playing Beyblades with my kids. But it's a running thing with my class. Everybody does it. My, it's a real big treat for my kids because a lot of them are poor, so they can't afford stuff like this. And, you know, all they got to do is get a certain score on their sheets and blah, 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 blah. That's cool. So, I mean, they have a, they have a good time. They, they, I've never been beaten, so I'm the class champ. Uh, once they beat me, they can go and challenge the principal because he has... <laughs> Someone he, he he has someone's confiscated Beyblade that he's been using, and uh, then they can be school champ. Um, but um, it's just it's just good fun. It motivates my kids to learn. Like I said, we did we did science experiments with it, so you know it's not like just we're just playing around. Yeah, physics. Well, rewards are good too. I mean, you you, you reward people for doing good stuff. That's yeah, you know helps. Well, especially my kids. My kids have a lot of behavior issues. Um, and so they have to get a certain, because we grade them on how they uh, do in class and how they do in other classes. And so I, uh, I was like, well, you make this score every day and you get to participate in the tournament. If you don't get this score, you don't get to participate, but you get to watch or I need, may need you as a judge type thing. So I use, I use that as a motivator. And I've had kids that just don't make it, and they get pretty upset. And I'm like, well, I'm sorry. Well, you, you, now you have motivation. You yep. you can fix this problem. Yeah. This is fixable. Well, it's Crimson's also... asking, if the kid with the confiscated Beyblade busts the principal, does he get it back? Uh, we haven't actually <laughs> talked about that, but uh, it, the, <laughs> the kid knows he has it, and he's like, no, nah, he can hold on to it. I'll get it back, because he wants to win and such. But also, my kids have a really hard time with competition um, and losing. So this is also another big, big, big step for them. Nice. Um, which uh, kids these days have a hard time losing in games. I mean, kids. Okay, adults too. But you understand what I'm saying? Oh, absolutely. There. I mean, it, it's an important lesson. I think we need to teach more. Is that's what I like games for? Is you know, it's like a joke I had on my uh, on my Facebook. It wasn't actually a joke, but uh, when Not Brush and Dave and I are playing Malifaux, I win almost every game. And then, you know, the one time I don't, my mom's like, you actually lost a game? I'm like, well, Jesus, Mom, it happens. <laughs> I don't win all of them. It's okay. And then my one cousin posted words of, you know, oh, that was only like a close game. You'll get him next time. I'm like... I got in the previous fourteen times. I think he can have that one. It's okay. It them, like it's okay. You show like it's it's. I wasn't upset he lost. Actually, I think I said this when he did it. 
he uh, he actually almost rage quit that game because he was pissed at something that just kept happening randomly, you know, like dice rolling. Well, in this case, cards flipping exactly what I needed. But I convinced him to stay and play, and he won. And I was pleased that he won because he was getting. I didn't want him to get too upset. Because it's one thing to play and try and get better, but if you're not seeing any improvement, you're just like, why the fuck am I doing this? Behinian goes, and y'all thought I was joking when I said John beats me 99.9% of the time. Look, back in our uh, days playing the Decipher Star Wars card game, one of the kids who was pretty good at the game at the local store had a tactic. He would challenge me first round... You know, lose by not much because we had close games, and then go into the uh, the the you know the loser bracket, and then hope that he wins on differentials by beating up on the people who've lost games, and that maybe someone gets lucky and beats me before the end. Yep, I've seen that tactic before. I mean, huh. it's a tactic. Yeah. It was funny when he said it to me. I'm like, well, that's that's kind of flattering, actually. Like, I don't like losing either. I I'm with Spitfire. It it sucks to lose. But some of my most fun games were games where I lost, but there was something crucial that occurred to me about strategy that I would remember for the rest of my games, and it caused me to improve as a player. Mm-hmm. So I think in that case, you know, win or lose, it's still, you know, it's it's still a good lesson, and it's it's still a good brain game. You know, yeah. it's it's a oh, thinking yeah. game. The the one thing, uh, Warm Junior Hordes brought to the gaming community, the miniature gaming community that that no other game had brought before this really, was the post game talk. Like I had not seen any other game where the the people were so interested in talking out afterwards what they got in difference. It is a great thing for any game, and I think it's a good idea for any game you're playing. Sort of get an idea of what you could have done better, that sort of thing, to uh, to improve. That's that was every car ride home when when Jim and I were in a Blood Bowl league, mm-hmm. and and we would be on our way home and we would just talk about our games and what happened and what we felt like we could have done differently. I mean, I don't know what that's like. I can't do anything differently in Blood Bowl. <laughs> I just well, at some point. Touchdowns. At some point, the dice rule you. Oh, you know, you, you could have the best strategy. Yeah. You could have the best strategy ever, and if you roll triple skulls, your guy is going down. With no rerolls. Well, oh, you roll it, but still, you're oh, like... here's my story. I had a reroll. I did triple skulls. I used my reroll, and triple. you know what I rolled again? Triple skulls. Yeah, yeah. that's blood bowl for you. <laughs> Sometimes it happens. I mean, my Blood Bowl experience was I learned with two guys. We were doing a lot of games in a very short time. So we're trying to do, we had every team, and we were trying to do every team in time with the NFL season because somehow we thought that was a good idea. Uh huh. So we learned a lot real quick. And we had a lot of talks there, but it was like going through games, the harshest time limits, and like, oh no, we need to do it this way. You learn a lot like that when you, when you really go into a game. Um, that wasn't even really super competitive. I didn't, you know, we didn't, wasn't our teams. We'd play different ones every time. There were certain ones we were going to play. Like, I really want to play the humans because I like playing football. You know, one of the guys like, I like to play Chaos, so I want to beat you up. We'd have that in, in sometimes, but, I mean, you can learn a lot real quick there. But make sure you, you, you're sitting there and you, you have that talk and all and learn what you can do better. Yeah, the people have, it's, 
there's the after talk and then there's the after smack and that became a problem i like hey john how could i have done better in this game what do you think i need to how do how do i what do i do to improve um do i need to work on my list is my list not good um or is it my tactic and am i using a model wrong um let we've we've talked about this of letting your opponent come to you um, and ask you about that because sometimes people just don't want to be told what to do. Yeah, it, it's hard. Sometimes they don't want to hear, and if they don't want to hear, you can't force it on them because I mean, they, you're just going to get the wrong. You're going to come off the wrong way, even if you don't mean it that way. Yeah. Um, so if they don't want to talk about it, talk about it. So sometimes there's no talk necessary. Sometimes you just get such a shellac, and you're like. I know it went wrong. Everything. <laughs> and it's hard. The worst, it's the close games and sort of the, the medium close games are the ones where you can sort of get an idea and you can analyze. There, You can lose a game so poorly and win a game so greatly that you cannot learn anything from them. Yeah. And that's those, those are the toughest ones to get through. Uh, and it may not seem like, oh, win the game by so much you can't learn anything. Well, that's also not good, guys, because you do want to learn. You don't want to stagnate. That's how you stagnate. You always want to be learning something even from your victories. You can be like, I didn't use that model quite right. I thought that was in my favor. It wasn't. Lots of little things like that you can learn. And that's actually probably a good thing to try and, uh, like you said, you were teaching the kids about the Beyblades and, you know, what what Beyblade is good for what. And that that can go a long way. That's that's life skills you're, tar- you're teaching people there. Well, we actually did that on our last one. We did what's called a draft deck and you get three Beyblades. And I only did it with the the guy that won the class championship that goes against me. And you get three Beyblades and you go against each other. Now you get to see what your opponent choo- chose after you chose. So I mean you have you know, there is some tactics and I was talking to him and I says, I know exactly which one he chose after the fact. I go, um why did I win type thing? And they were like, just because you're better. And I says, no, there is some tactics behind this. And yeah. I'm like, what do you mean? And I says, well, I know that this bay is his favorite one that he always plays with. And I know he was going to go with this because he always plays with it. He always uses it. And it's always something he does. And I'm like, so I know that this Beyblade does this. So I need to beat that part of it. Now, don't get me wrong. This is a game that's just all about things bouncing into each other but there is some tactic behind it and he was like and then they're like well you know you you knew that but this and i go well i also know that i have to be extremely fast because i have to get past you know what he's doing and so on and so forth so uh, i make sure i'm gonna spin faster and shoot at a different angle and they're like they're like oh and i was like so let's go over this and we started talking tactics and they were like, well, I know you like to use this one. Everybody call, all my kids call me Mr. G. And they're like, I know you like using this one. And so I would use this one. I said, well, why would you use this one? He's like, because it's got this on it. And I go, okay, you've got that. But what else? I mean, there's more to it than just that. And they're like, well, also, I knew I had to go, you're a heavier blade and, you know, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to have to go faster and stay up longer. And I'm like, all right, now you're getting the concept of tactics. And thinking besides just doing. There actually is. um, I was really surprised, Crimson, because I was like, 
This is just nothing but battling spinning tops. And for the most part, it is. But there is actually some really cool physics behind it that I was really getting into with the kids. Uh, because they're like, well, this Beyblade is really, really heavy. And if I put a light Beyblade up against it, it's going to... And he's like, oh, yeah, that's going to smash the crap out of that Beyblade. And they're like, yeah, so you have to make sure that you do certain things. And it's... It's really interesting. I was really surprised how much that I learned scientifically about the toys. And the kids are really getting into it because uh, we were doing, we were waving parts of the Beyblade and we were weighing them together. And we were like, you know, this one has a mass of this. This one has a mass of that. So on and so forth. And they're like, so they were going, well, if it's a heavier Beyblade, you know, you have to spin a lot faster. So if it's going to stay up. But it can take a hit, and they were getting all into it and applying scientific thinking into certain things. And I was like, yes, that's... And that's what I wanted them to do. That's how I can get away with doing it in class, is if I bring it into a scientific fact. Not just, hey, uh, we're not going to do crap today. We're just going to play Beyblades. No, no, that's that's good. And it's a good lesson, like I said, it's a good lesson for them to learn, because it applies to many things in life. Yes. There's it may not seem things. like it does, but it really does. Critical thinking skills is something that a lot of our kids don't have anymore. Um, uh, because it's a lot of stuff is just given to them. It's not just the kids. <laughs> yeah. I am talk, talking from experience with my kids, and that's where I'm going to go with that. But, yes. There's a lot of critical thinking skills that are left out. Um, and I've got to teach my kids to think outside of the box and also think outside of the cartoon because they're like well this one won every single time in the cartoon and I says okay but what is that it's a cartoon that's a good time you could see now you can go into teaching narrative stuff with that yeah. but I don't know if that's your purview no I can do that I can there uh, always because uh, what's funny is anytime we read I read a book to the class because we don't have a lot for everybody so I'll read the book and we'll talk about it and stuff and I always put it on a cliffhanger to, you know, get them coming back for more. And they're like, they're like, that sucks. That sucks. And I says, but why do I do that? So we'll come back for more. Yeah. Now you know why companies do that. Yeah. But it's good. Good. Teach them the narrative thing of Beyblade. Like, well, it's doing that because that is the story they want to tell. Not because that's what's going to happen in real life. Yeah. That's why we all love the stories where the thing that happens is like you'd read in a book, you know, the Battle of Anthropoly. Like, n come on, a handful of Spartans and some other soldiers held off that entire army? That's some crazy, you know, movie shit. No, that, that actually happened. Or, you know, uh, my favorite is the uh, when they made the movie about uh, Audie Murphy and they had to tone it down from what really happened because the audience wouldn't believe it. Yeah. <laughs> you know... Because we're, we're suckers for that, narratively speaking. We, we like to root for the underdog and see the underdog win and prevail. And that often doesn't happen in real life. No. But that's why we remember the stories where it does. You know, the USA hockey team and uh, the 80s and the Olympics and all that, the Miracle on Ice. Cool we remember running. stuff like that. Because it's the underdog story. That, that shouldn't happen. It seems too much like a movie, and then it does happen. But sometimes the underdog does win. Yeah. The so-called Cinderella story. But, going back to the conversation of 
what was our topic tonight? That was we didn't, we didn't guys, have one. Well, we kind of did, but we weren't going to go too much on tangent because we got uh, convention season is upon us, and you were going to tell us the three things that you have to do. Um, when you go to a con, uh, bring a flamethrower. Bring a flamethrower. Ow! No, getting how many hours of sleep? Getting you know how much of food? How much of water? All that type of stuff. Is that the three, two, one? Three yeah, hours of sleep, two meals, and one uh, shower? Flamethrower. Yeah. One flamethrower. One flamethrower. Yes. <laughs> I mean, flamethrowers are good, but that's generally plan B. It should not be <laughs> plan, plan that's A. That's not your A plan? I mean, Wash your hands. <laughs> no, no, no. It has to be four hours of sleep. I don't know. I can usually get by on three. Yeah, especially for con- conventions. Yeah, you got to have four. I don't know, sometimes I just get a full, you know, five or whatever, depends on how much I've been drinking. Honestly, though, I am i don't often get that four either, so... No, not at convention time. <laughs> but you got to have goals. Yeah, that's the goal. The goal. Shower, four hours of sleep, and e- <laughs> eating food, and the a flamethrower. The shower is not a goal. The shower is a requirement. Eating food is a requirement. The three well, hours sleep, the four hours sleep is a, is a, is a goal. Which we actually have yeah, already true, have yeah. some goals, by the way, Kathy. Um, Captain Mizzy is going this year, and she's never been to Portillo's. Yay! Well, then we have to go to Portillo's and eat burgers and, and fries. Yeah. you know, Or the Italian beef. Oh, so I'm the taking Italian to her. Beef. The Italian beef? The Italian beef, yeah. So I had to take her to Portillo's at least once. Mm-hmm. Because that's, you know, that's like a, a major, have you never been? Uh, you guys got to go to Kuma's, too. Kuma's? Kuma's Grill for the burgers, for the heavy metal. Oh, they have a yeah. burger that's called the Plague Burger in honor of Nurgle. I saw that on the, I'm going to Adepticon Facebook group. Mm-hmm. I would probably avoid the Plague Burger, I'm just saying. <laughs> I mean, maybe it's not going to be their best seller lately, but... <laughs> Especially not lately. And hey, it's media time. It is media time. <laughs> Can I continue to paint while we do this? No, sure. you must stop. You have to stop. You don't have a choice. Of course you paint. Jesus Christ. This isn't like <laughs> communist China or something. Well, you never know with you. With me? Yep. Jesus. Wow. Uh, media section. Uh, Kathy, did you watch anything? Um. I think you yeah. did. Yeah. You can talk about it again since you talked about it when we weren't recording. Did I or did I talk about it in the pre-ramble? Um, you know, Not I don't that remember. it matters. I can talk about it again. We may have been recording that. I don't know. I've lost all track of time. It's the void gate. Void gate. I'm gonna void gate after the podcast. Actually, (laughs) he's opening the void gates. (laughs) The void gate makes an interesting sound when you close it too. Was it just like that sound I made? What? This is why warp gates are way better. Why warp gates are way better than void gates? (laughs) 
you know, if you, if you do it with a, with a warp gate, demons get upset. I mean, except for Nurgle demons. They don't mind so much. But the rest get kind of cranky. Spitfire, where is yes, down? Banyan, you're on point. Void gate straight to Nurgle land. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm asking Spitfire. Spitfire says he has nothing but anime conventions where he's at. Where is down here? Down Hawaii. here, like in oh, Florida. Hawaii. Dang. Yeah, that's, that's, that's not down. That's way over there. Slightly jelly. Slightly yeah. jelly. I keep trying to get my works to uh, open offices in Hawaii. I will happily move. Oh, I know but. Hawaii was having a real time hard, real time, real hard time trying to get teachers at one point, and they were paying teachers to come to Hawaii and live there and paying like all their stuff. And I really, honestly, thought about that at one point. It's like, yep. oh man. But Kathy, what did you watch? I watched Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist, and so the fifth episode is airing this week. It's on NBC, on regular TV. What? I what know. Is this I know. It's a comedy that's on NBC, and the my friend Chad had done the whatever magic thing it is with the, the Xfinity where it records the, you know, the, the shows. The DVR? Yeah. That's not magic. It is. It's totally magic. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so she'd recorded the first four, and she had already seen the first one. She's like, Kathy, you got to watch this. And, oh, my God, it was amazing. And so the the premise of the story is this this, this girl who's a coder. She's a software coder. Uh, she's up for a promotion, and... She's having headaches and, and eye pain, so she goes to get an MRI, and uh, she's super claustrophobic, and so she's really has a lot of anxiety about this, and the guy who's running the, the whole MRI thing uh, says, hey, I've got these playlists, if you want, I can play some music, and uh, so she's like, well, sure, okay, and so the music starts playing, and it's a frenetic song, and and she's like, I, w- I wasn't expecting it. To, I thought it would be something more relaxing. And then all of a sudden, a, hur- uh, a hurricane, uh, an earthquake happens. So the whole thing's shaking, and and all these playlists from all over are, are, are magically dumped into her brain. And uh, now she, she discovers on her way home from this that she can... People sing to her. They they don't aren't actually singing, but it seems like they're singing to her, kind of what they're feeling. And then she feels like she has to kind of help them with with what it is they're feeling. And uh, but it's really funny. It's funny. It's fun. We liked it. Awesome. I give it. I give it zero space herpes. I am looking forward to watching the next episode because it's not on streaming services. I mean, I guess something's got to still be on normal TV, right? Ah, uh, yep. All right. Gonzo, you watch like 42 things or something like that? F- 43. Get it right. Come on, shit, dude. Uh, when in doubt, I stick with 42 as a random number pulled out of a hat. <laughs> Um, I watched the um, one of the things I actually saw it last week, but we didn't get a chance to it as I watched the new Shaft movie. 
Um, uh, that that came out. I don't remember. Like that. Do what? The son of shaft. Yeah, that's pretty much what you can say. It's the son of shaft. Um, and uh, I watched it. It's your typical action film. Not amazing. It had some pretty decent funny parts in it. Um, had some good action. It's a shaft movie, so it's wait. Know. Son of Shaft is an action movie. Yeah. It's uh, it's actually. It was okay. Uh, I give it a two and a half space herpes. Uh, Were there good music? There was decent music in it. Um, there was decent action. Uh, everything was a big cliche and everything was sexist. So, uh, of course, coming from a Shaft movie. Um, but overall, it wasn't bad. Like I said, it gets, it gets my, my, my meh rating of two and a half space herpes. So, uh, it's free on Netflix or no. Things on HBO right now, so not bad. You got to spare, you know, two hours or so. Go for it. Um, John, how many do you have, or do you need me to go for another one? I have two. Okay, so I'll keep going. Um, this week, I was hanging out with some friends, and uh, we were eating, and we're like, "Oh, let's just watch something while we eat." So we're trying to figure out what to watch, and um, Mr. Wright is on Netflix right now. Uh, Mr. Wright is about Sam Rockwell's character being an assassin and Anna Kendrick being a girl that's like picks the wrong guy at the wrong time. Uh, all the time. Uh, it's actually pretty funny. I was actually pleasantly surprised by it because uh, it is a rom-com action movie, I guess you want to say. Um, Sam Rockwell is actually pretty funny in this. I like him as an actor anyway. Uh, I think one of the greatest movies he's ever done is Moon. Um, which so, is a totally different type of movie totally different but it is actually a very good movie um, I really liked it I really enjoyed it. it it's very much it's got some good comedy to it uh, it's got some pretty decent action in it but it's a story of a girl that falls for an assassin and that assassin um, falls for her and they try to make it work while he's trying to be assassinated if that tells you anything. Um, but it was pretty decent. I liked it. liked it a lot. It was it was good. I'd give it one and a half space herpes. Um, nothing hugely horrible about it, but pretty decent. John, why don't you well, go ahead? The, the first one I watched was... Uh, I just wanted an action movie to watch, so I'm like, yeah, here's on Amazon Prime. Let's watch uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Raw Deal. Oh, my God. Yeah, that movie is a movie. It Did exists. It age well? <laughs> That's action. Did it age well? Uh, no, I honestly I don't think it was actually good way back when. I think we're more. Oh, it's Arnold. It's got to be at least a certain level of quality. That would be a negative. It is <laughs> the definition of average action movie. So it's would got you a say... lot of those actors you recognize. Uh, it's got Darren McGavin. Um, who doesn't get enough screen time, of course, because Darren McDavid, he never gets enough screen time. Uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, it's got uh, it's a bunch of guys. You're like, I recognize that guy. I've seen a bunch of stuff. Uh, and the whole concept is somehow a mob boss, you know, finds a guy in witness protection and kills him. And during it, some FBI agents are killed. One of those is the son of Darren McGavin's FBI uh, character. So he enlists Arnold Schwarzenegger, who is an ex-FBI agent who was kicked out for probably being too violent 
and now he's just a small town sheriff. And uh, they, he gets him to go in to get undercover and basically to uh, to go shut him down and take him out. Um, the best parts of the movie, pretty much the parts with Darren McGavin. Or the credits. He gets, some good emotion, he gets some good emotion in there at times. There's a great line where he's talking to a DA, where he's like, "We're both after the same thing, right? Justice, isn't that right? Justice, Harry?" And he's like, "Fuck justice!" You're like, "Goddamn right." That may be the best moment in the movie. Uh, the action scenes are mediocre. It's it is the most seventies eighties movie I've ever seen in my life. You know, normally you know the movies right around the turn of the decade feel like the last decade's movies. This is like mid eighties. It's got to be eighty four or eighty six, and it is totally feels like a seventies movie. It's paced slower. There's not a ton of action. It's not all great. Uh, the ending action scene is, I mean, it's fine, but it's not great. Um, they spent a lot of time not letting Arnold Schwarzenegger use his charm when he finally gets to use his actual Arnold charm. It's a little bit better. Um, it's not really corny like his normal movies. It's a little more serious, but it's not good. It's also not bad. I would put it about two and a half, uh, space herpes. It is the definition of an act- average action movie. What do you think about the new Arnold Schwarzenegger movie coming out with Jackie Chan? Uh, I haven't seen anything for it, but I watch it. Arnold Schwarzenegger has more than any other action star really matured as an actor. Like, I told uh, Bane and I were watching this, I really feel like this movie, Raw Deal, would have been better with Stallone. Because that way he can be more serious. It doesn't have to try and get... Because Arnold's charm is always sort of that quirky, humorous charge. The one-liners and stuff. Stallone has always been a little better as a serious actor. But nowadays, I feel like that's sort of, you know... Uh, Schwarzenegger is caught up. He can do serious roles. He can do a good job with serious material. You so. should um, you should watch that trailer and tell me what you think. Jackie Chan's got a new movie with Arnold Schwarzenegger in it, and it. I mean, Arnold Schwarzenegger and Jackie Chan. I, I would probably. That sounds it very interesting. Yeah, I would okay. see that. Yeah. So again, this average action movie. I mean, if you haven't seen it in a while and you don't want to watch another average action movie that you've seen recently, by all means, but. I wouldn't seek it out. Uh, I wouldn't buy it on DVD or Blu-ray unless it's part of a collection. But we'll talk about collections next. Gonzo, it is, it is something. I watched uh, another movie on Netflix called Freaks. Um, it is a story about uh, superheroes and people with superpowers. Uh, not going to spoil anything because it just came out. Uh, but it is definitely a story about people with powers that are being hunted. And you can tell that from the previews. Um, so it's not, you know, not unheard of or not unseen um, type thing. It, uh, I don't know. I'm really on the fence about this because I was expecting it to be pretty decent. And it just was kind of there. Uh, nothing made the movie stand out better than anything else. Uh, nothing made it, you know, awesomely outrageous or whatever. It was just, it's, it's another like two and a half. Um, acting was pretty decent. The kid that's in it is pretty decent. So, I mean, it, it was acting right. It just didn't flow very well. And you kind of knew what everything was going to happen. So you're just kind of like, uh, okay. And you just rolled with the punches. Uh, just let it happen. Uh, there were a couple of times I did pause it because I had to go do stuff. So I wasn't you know, too enthralled or whatever with it. So, it was just okay. 
So I mean, for all its fault, I didn't actually check my phone at any point during Raw deals, so it's got that going for it. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, it was just, it was okay. Um, seen better, but... Definitely seen worse. Yeah, definitely seen worse. So it gives, it gives my two and a half space herpes. There is uh, another thing that I've seen. Oh, shit. What? Two? So I saw half of it today. About half of Giant, which is a classic American film from 1956 starring Elizabeth Taylor, Brock Hudson, and uh, James Dean. And uh, I really need to see the rest of it because it's... It's epic. It's like a sweeping epic. And I need to see what happens with these people. Well, it's not a good movie where you watch part of it and go like, yeah, I want to see the rest. It's uh, And it's a classic. I mean, it's... That was the one that was filmed uh, right before James Dean was killed in the car crash. And... Uh, yeah, it just uh, it was it was amazing. The actors were uh, amazing, and of course, the pacing was very slow. That was its one drawback. On a on the Casablanca scale, I would put it just below Casablanca. Oh snap! But yeah, that's why we have the scale because honestly, those older movies are slower. It uh, wasn't until sort of like I guess the mid mid to late eighties where they really started up in the pace. Hey, thanks for hanging out, Spitfire. Have a good yeah, night. Yeah, thanks for hanging out. So, there you go. Uh, giant needs the other half. I guess you'll have to see it. Maybe it's streaming somewhere you can watch it. My- I mean, I'll look for it on Netflix and Amazon Prime. It is it is a classic, so I'm sure it's not going to be hard to find. No, it shouldn't be. They have a lot of those. It's just hard. Just have to look for them. They don't advertise them as much. No. Um, my second one, and uh, unlike Raw Deal, which uh, Banyan had to eject out of part of the way through, uh, not for quality issues, the other stuff he wanted to do, was uh, was uh, Domino, which was a third of that three-pack on the, I guess, Women Who Kick-Ass Blu-ray set I got with the Long Kiss, Goodnight, uh, Point of No Return, and then this. And? But let me just say that uh, of those three, I know which one I'll be revisiting. Spoiler, it's Long Kiss, Goodnight. I will probably not watch either of the other two ever again. <laughs> so, Domino is is directed by uh, Tony Scott. So I'm like, oh, Tony Scott does good stuff. This should be fine. It would be fine, but it is a giant exposition. It is literally a movie filled with exposition. There is more exposition of what's going on rather than just showing what's going on throughout the entire mm. movie. It is a very poor choice. Um, it's also done sort of out of order to try and uh, be interesting. It's it's the definition of style over substance. They're trying for a style, and as such, they don't have enough substance to uh, make it work, which is unfortunate because Kira Knightley does not do a bad job in the part she's given. Uh, Delroy Lindo's in it. He does a decent job. Um, a lot of bit actors um, are in it, uh, and... You know, Dabney Coleman's in it and does fine with the little bit of screen time he's given. Uh, Mickey works in it through most of it, and he is very good. I love Mickey Work, but unfortunately, there's so much exposition that this movie just doesn't get a chance to stand on its own. Do you like people talking about what's going on rather than just showing it? 
And you making your decisions? If so, you found your movie. And God help you. Uh, so I didn't really enjoy this that much. It's also kind of nasty. Not just gritty. It's it's downright dirty and nasty. Um, not necessarily a great movie. Uh, I would You could probably put it on while something else is going on because there's not a lot of scenes where you need to see what's going on. Um, if this was a book and it was on like books on audio, it would be fine. But as a movie, I think it kind of categorically fails because of that. Uh, yeah, not really any redeeming features to watch out. I would probably watch it again before Point of No Return because it's at least not bland. It just has giant problems. Um, I'm gonna give it. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna give it a full three and a half space herpes. <laughs> not quite the full four of an actual shitty, shitty movie, but it has a lot of problems uh, that could have been fixed and should have been fixed before it actually went anywhere, which is probably why most people haven't heard of it. Um. Definitely the weakest of that entire uh, genre. entire genre. Well, that entire group of DVD of uh, Blu-rays. So, gotcha. yeah. So, Gonzo, I guess you can take us home, and we can kind of see your phone. Nah, it's just what I what I was, what shows I had. I text myself the shows. Um, so I watched uh, a series on Netflix called The Repair Shop, and The Repair Shop is a um, show where people bring in their like family heirlooms or different things and they have people in this uh, building that repair it like ceramics, woodwork, all this other stuff um, it's a, a British show and it's pretty interesting It's not they don't go into a lot of good depth about how they repair it they just talk about it a little bit got a great cast of people there that are doing all this stuff it was pretty interesting um if you like seeing things getting restored this is the show for you because they restore and fix a lot of things um, is it quality tv it's quality tv it's yeah, actually it's educational reality. on some of the things um like one of the things this guy was doing he had this mother of pearl uh plaque he was fixing and of course he had to use a special type of glue to get it, and he says, instead of me sitting here holding these pieces together, I'm taking sticky wax and melting sticky wax over the top of the glued area because it'll hold it together better than my hands will hold it together. So it was like, okay, so you put these two pieces together, put the glue in there, and then melt candle wax on top of it so it holds it instead of your fingers hold it, which I thought was kind of a cool little concept because, uh, of course, the wax will break off easy, no problem. Um, that's not going to be an issue, but I was just like, hmm, okay. So, I mean, it's just stuff like that. Really cool, really neat. Um, if you like, you know, people also have like stories of why they're doing this and what they're doing and, um, you know, why this thing has sentimental value. So there's a little story behind stuff, but I liked it. Uh, I'm still working through it. Like epi uh, season one has like 18 episodes or something. So, you know, it's got... Quite a you know decent amount of episodes to each season. And I think there's two seasons out there, so go for it. Watch it. I'm not, I can't really give you. It's it's more educational than anything, and I'm not going to give Space Herpes to an educational learning type thing. Um, Space Herpes anything. Then I watched Spencer Confidential, which is a new Mark Wahlberg movie on Netflix. They're spamming it like crazy, trying to get everybody to watch it. 
Um, so I decided I have a little bit of time today. I'll go ahead and watch it. Oh. Um, actually, yesterday is when I watched it. So while well, I was gluing miniatures. Uh, so I put it in, watched it. Um, Mark Wahlberg is a guy that um, gets wrongfully convicted of a crime and goes to jail for five years and comes out and tries to live his life. But something happens and he tries to solve the crime because he knows this person's innocent. Cool. Get it? Typical cop, you know, type thing. Um, it's not good. There's a couple of ha-ha-hee-hee moments, uh, buddy cop type stuff, but for the most part, it's a solid meh. There really wasn't much to it. Robert uh, Eric is turning over in his grave. Do what? Robert Eric is turning over in his grave. <laughs> um, but I mean, it just there wasn't really, you know, a lot to the show. Um, the fight scenes were okay. Um, there was, you know, a decent amount of, you know, good punching, kicking and, you know, martial arts looking to it. So, I mean, it was all right. It just wasn't very solid for the most part. Which um, is surprising since it's based off a TV series that had many, many seasons and some TV movies and was very good quality through the entire, oh, entirety right. of it. See, I didn't even know that, but it, it just wasn't great. That's um, so bad. Not even advertising that it was, can, you know, it's a... That whole thing is, it's you know, it's part of my childhood. You know, I grew up watching Spencer for Hire. Oh, sad. You mean? Yep, yep, me too. Uh, Mark Wahlberg is not uh, Robert Eric, and whoever he's got partnered with him is not Avery Brooks playing no. Hawk. <laughs> nope, it wasn't. It uh, it was just okay. Like I said, it wasn't horrible, but it was just, eh, could have dealt without it. So it gets my two and a half space herpes, no problem. Instead, go watch some old classic uh, Spencer for Hire. Um, and then, on the suggestion of Mr. Oz, I went and watched I'm Not Okay With This. Um, it is a series on Netflix, which is based off of a comic book, which I learned at the very end, uh, that it's based off of a comic book. Uh, and it is a story about a girl, teenage girl, in high school, that she pretty much finds out she has superpowers. Uh, episodes are only about 25 minutes long, so they're not very long at all. Um, and I need to look at the comic because to me, this is a nothing but a teen angst movie with like a smidge of superheroes thrown in. Um, so I'm kind of curious if the comic book has like kind of pushed that, um, in there. Cause I mean, it felt like the first episode or the first season uh, was like maybe, maybe two comic books worth of material. Um, the girl that plays it, great acting, didn't have any problem with the acting, but it was like, she is just like super, super angsty and super, super pissed off and super annoying all times about everything. Oh, I have to breathe air. Ah, oh, I have to breathe air again. Oh, I had to breathe air to ah, uh, you know, type thing. It was just, it was just, it, it got on my nerves a little too much. Um, character has, you know, some type of superpower, doesn't know how to control it, and has to go to high school. It's when Oz was saying it was kind of told in reverse. It's uh, kind of not told in reverse. 
Um, it's partial. Like the ending, the first scene is actually part of the ending scene where she comes out all covered in blood. Um, and then uh, it starts up and you, know, you start the story rolling and she's the unpopular kid that's new or whatever and she makes friends with a popular kid that's new and then um, this one quirky teen boy likes her and they get to know each other and teen angst drama happen and there's I'm not so enough superpowers. Do what? I'm so over teen angst. Yes. It was like they tried to make uh, what's the character in Deadpool? Negasonic Negasonic Teenage yeah. Warhead? Tried to make her in this series and just went overboard on the teen angst type thing. And it wasn't even cool or funny uh, type thing. And there's a lot of inner monologuing in this, so it's just like non-stop inner monologue. And I'm like, oh, oh. if I hear well, one more time. It's got a, got, a, got a place, but it's mostly in like noir thrillers and all as that sort of like narrator sort of inner monologue overview. That makes a noir good. And a teen angst, well, I mean, I don't know why you're watching teen angst anyways. Unless uh, you're a teen, in which case... Watch them because it's let you know that that's just how it is. But keep in mind, it's only that way for a while. Yeah, but there was there was just a lot of teen angst in this. A, a too much, in my opinion. Um, I get that she's going through drama and you know she's a teenager, but I'm like, damn, really? Like I said, you're just like, oh my god, I had to breathe. I had to breathe to say, oh my god, oh my god, you know, type thing. And you're just like, so I watched it all the way through. It's not many episodes. Um, it doesn't really get really entertaining until the end, about the last two episodes, two to three episodes, and they start focusing on the cool teenage superpower, learning to use my power, not knowing how to use it, etc., etc. And I was like, okay, cool, cool, and we're over. I'm like, if this gets another season, it better be fucking amazing because oh. it was bad. Oh. You're gonna watch another season? I will give it. An, I will give another season because there are short episodes. That's one thing it does have going for itself. Is they're short and they're quick. Uh, um, like uh, there's a, there's TV series that are actually solid to medi- mediocre to solid that I don't keep watching because <laughs> I have so much time. Like I stopped watching Person of Interest because I'm like, this is fine, but I want more than fine from my time. Yeah. Uh, I, but I'm gonna give it. I'm going to give it another one just because I I want to. Uh, because the ending... The, the last two episodes were good episodes and I really liked it. And I was like, okay, this is really getting interesting. And I'm really liking it. And then, you know, it was like, oh, damn it, really? Right when it was starting getting good, you end it. And now I have to wait to see if there's going to be another episode. Hashtag Enterprise? Um, so you know what's good? Zoe's extraordinary playlist. <laughs> I hear that's good. I hear that's Just good watch too. Watch that. You can't binge it because well, you can binge the first four episodes if you have a DVR. <laughs> and I save it in the cloud. <laughs> oh, magical technology, Kathy. Yeah, the wonderful thing that I don't have. I mean, I had a TiVo back in the day, but oh man, there's some old school. When I canceled the service, they're like, uh, I'm like, I'll just restart this. And I was like, 
oh, yours is old enough that we can't restart it. I'm like, okay, then I'll throw the fucking thing out. <laughs> Thanks like, for nothing. Like, really? I'm like, yes. I'm not going to pay $30 a month for a service I'm not using. I remember Just when that because was I shit. might not be able to start it up again later. Yeah. But, I'm, this gets a solid three to three and a half. Um, I'll watch a series of three to three and a half again. I know, I, and I'm upset about it because I was looking forward to it and it seemed really cool, but they just didn't push the envelope. There was so much more they could have done that they it's didn't done. Do. It's, yeah, it's done. It's done. In the yeah. past, watch something it's else. Done. Oh, yeah. So I mean, Go on to the next thing on the list. Um, yeah, so I don't know. I don't even know if he'll get another season. Really, honestly, I don't know if it's going to do well enough. Um, but eh, if it comes around, I'm not worried about it. Come on, Gonzo, you got to watch the next season of Altered Carbon. Tell me how it is. Um, right? I'm still watching that, but those were an hour long episode. I didn't, you know, I was, and you actually have to kind of sit and watch Altered Carbon. You can't really do a lot of things. You have to pay attention. Yeah. You have yeah. to pay attention to Altered Carbon. And I really wanted to get some stuff done. So I was like, uh, I got to get these, mod- I want to put these models together. Oh, that's fair. That's fair. So, um, overall, like I says, I'm watching Altered Carbon almost down, uh, I think I'm th- four episodes in, I think. Uh, I'm still liking it. Still good. I'll give a full rating after it's the season's done. I'm almost done with the Transformers series for Panthos, John. I'm so close. Two movies <laughs> left. Why do I do this to myself? So, I'll give you guys all a full review of the series after it's done and done. I just don't want to cross the stream, so to speak. But <laughs> almost there. Just just the last night for the second time. And then uh, and then Bumblebee. I'm, I'm firmly in the Mark Wahlberg part. It's 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 on the up. Uh, no more raging howler monkey of Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> <laughs> God, God, this movie. I have perfect. never seen anything with Shia LaBeouf in it. Really? And I'm okay with that. The first Transformers is enjoyable. Yeah. It's a little much in the humor of points, and then it just goes like it just goes straight to the bottom, and then tries to climb out of the hole. So. We will see. All right. Well, that's it for me. Anybody else have anything oh, else? God. That's it. That's it. We're Xander, hey, oh, I'm late. Xander, you're just in time for us to say bye. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, for, uh, thanks for stopping in. Everybody, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. We really appreciate you. Um, we will have one more episode, and then we will be off for a week. Is that right, Kathy? It will be Adepticon. It will be the Adepticon Madness. Yeah, we... um, uh, Actually, we have two more. And then the 29th, we will not be doing anything. Sorry, we have two more episodes. I'll go over to uh, Petey's and play some games. What? (laughs) Maybe take Monday afterwards off. Oh, yeah. Maybe. Do it. We'll see. You deserve it. Don't forget... Oh, I can't end the month. That's No, that's not going to happen. Aw. Yeah. Yeah, I gotta go. T- so actually, the one after that I will miss because I will be in San Antonio. Hopefully, having fun. Uh, we will see. There is a chance the work I have to do is going to be awesome. If not, it'll just be okay. But it's all good. Fingers crossed. I'm hoping. I'll tell you guys off stream what it might be. <laughs> cool. 
Um, don't forget to watch Kathy uh, this week. She'll be working on a new Creature Caster model and doing yep. some really cool stuff with that. Um, Tuesday through Friday from 3 to 5? Normally. Uh, this week I'm getting my hair cut on Friday, so I will not be Friday streaming. So Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Three days this week. And yes, I will be working on the Creature Caster model, the Suzerain of Desire. Sweet. For more than dice, I'm Gonzo. I'm, I'm Kathy. Gone. <laughs> Good night. Good night, John Boy. Good night, giant chicken. <laughs> Push the button, Frank. Push the, the button. Push the button. Push the button. Push the button.